0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of partnering with you and your redemptive purposes in the earth. and We just say, come, Holy Spirit. Let those agents of healing be dis- just be released from heaven to earth go to all the places where illness where uh, difficulties lie we pray for grace we lift up Sue to you we pray Father for her ear infection and her cough we just pray Holy Spirit that you would touch those ears that you drive out infection and that you'd bring full full uh, liberty to your precious daughter and for all those Lord that you lay on our hearts right now we just lift up to you I think of my aunt joe lord that's uh in the last stages of of life with cancer just pray father that you would come and that you would touch aunt joe and for my mom who's gone to the hospital pray father that you would just be with mom that your peace would be with her as they as they care for her we pray father that your hand would be upon her and for every one of our loved ones lord For those that need a physical touch for those that are down emotionally for those that are suffering relational breaches lord those that are are just being attacked by the evil one we just pray father for strength we pray for hope we pray lord that there would be a release of the kind of grace that's needed in this moment to each one and so lord let your love carry the day once again for we ask it in jesus name amen well welcome to the vineyard my name's rick i'm the pastor here it's good to have good to have you with us i think everybody knows that don't they okay very good looking at the holy spirit this morning as the agent who changes the world When, whenever we're talking about the Holy Spirit, sometimes we get this this uh, misconception that the Holy Spirit is not God, that the Father is God, that Jesus is the Savior, and the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. And all those are true. But they live in such a community of oneness that they represent... All a unified one. The Holy Spirit doesn't love you more than the Father. The Father doesn't love you more than the Je- than Jesus. Jesus, it, it's it's when when you receive from one, and, and a lot of times we will have a sense that this is coming from the heart of the Father, and and we get overwhelmed with His presence and His love. Guess what? The same thing emanates from Jesus and the Holy Spirit as well. And sometimes we, we get too much of a, a, a line of demarcation. They are distinct but one. And it's it's one of those things of the Trinity that just always blows my circuits. There's no way I can understand it. Other than the fact that a lot of times when the enemy tries to get me to isolate on one aspect and only attribute that to, to one person of the Godhead, I find that there is a grace that allows me to see that the other two are right there in full agreement. Okay. So that it, you, what you hear is true for all of God. Yeah. And uh, just want to just want to just kind of hit that <laughs> the understanding that God is in control, but He's not controlling. huh how does that work? God has all power, and yet he doesn't release it in every situation. And, and the wisdom and the infinite goodness of God is something that uh, oftentimes will, will get us intellectually wrapped around a tree, but not experientially. Hmm. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.4, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Wow. Hallelujah. One of the purposes of God demonstrating his power on the earth Is so that your faith has something to connect to so that faith and connecting with god's power that when we receive the gospel and we believe the gospel and we start living the gospel it's based not on an argument it's not based on a presentation uh, that could just come from natural reason man's best wisdom Uh, i've been reading a lot of c.s lewis of late uh, a really really good collection of his writings is in uh, the business of heaven. and uh, in it he's got excerpts from all the different books and writings that he's had and some that have never been published. And as we look at that and as we as I'm reading that' I'm, I'm just realizing here's an intellectual mind that is just absolutely amazing and and he talks about you know even though it's good logic there's more than logic here <laughs> and so when he says it makes intellectual sense he doesn't really leave that as as the foundation that our faith rests upon but on the demonstration of the power of god is what we hold on to i like that come on jesus So he's in charge of the world. The Lord wants us to join in his activity on planet Earth. Isn't that amazing? We get to partner with him. Mm. I love it. I love it when we make a boo-boo. Has anybody ever made a boo-boo? We do a huge blunder, and it turns into a huge mess and, and we own it. We don't try to sweep it. We don't try to hide it. We own that, yeah, you know, yeah, that was my bad. Yeah, yeah, that's my bad. And then God gives us the grace to partner in the cleanup. Isn't that amazing? We get to clean up our messes. And some of us, you know, we kind of walk around with our mop because we're really good at making messes on a frequent basis. But the, the nice thing is, that when we are invited to partner with the cleanup it really gives us yeah i've hit it twice no 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 go sit go sit okay that's fine okay people are more worried about the beautiful feet that bring good news today than the good news that's being brought let's let's focus on the good news and don't worry about the feet they're they're fine so relax He's in control, and if I fall, it could be in the Spirit. Who knows? In being able to partner with with, with God in all his redemptive activity that he wants to do on the earth, one of the things that's a prerequisite is we need to see from his perspective. And so the first thing is to see the world as the Spirit sees it. How does the Spirit see the world? Well, the Spirit sees the world the way the Father sees the world. The Spirit sees the world the way Jesus sees the world. They don't see it differently. And so when we go to John 3.16 and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, so he doesn't see the world with condemnation but to save the world through him, through eyes of love. That's how the Spirit sees the world. He sees the world through the eyes of the Father and the Son and himself. He sees it with the same love. The Spirit is completely aware of all the pain and hardship and all the suffering. The Spirit knows all that's happening to the oppressed, to the one who is, is being taken advantage of. He knows the one that the enemy is attacking. The Spirit knows all of that. And that's why he wants us to partner with his activity of redemption. Jesus said that he came to destroy the works of the devil. So did the Holy Spirit. So did the Father. The Father wants everything of the kingdom of darkness and all the ways in which that touches us the way evil has its profound touch in our lives he wants to overcome that he wants to redeem and reconcile and to bring healing to our lives in romans 8:26 it says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what we ought to pray for But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Yeah. Hmm. It's in our weakness that we find the Spirit's activity. That's why a lot of times we, we, we don't sense the presence of the Holy Spirit because unfortunately we have bought into a false sense of self-reliance a self-sufficiency and when we think that we know how to do or we know how to be and we feel self-sufficient in the amount of love and grace that we've received we find that we we kind of cut off the flow of the holy spirit in our lives the holy spirit wants to flow through us in our weakness I'm not sure what kind of exercises we're going to do this morning but <clears throat> how many are feeling like you know today you are really on top of everything spiritually I mean you, you you are on the mount of transfiguration your devotional time this morning you saw Jesus and Elijah and Moses and and you were right there in the and the heavenlies and anybody have one of those kind of experiences this morning anything less than that makes us good candidates for the holy spirit (laughs) because it's in our weakness that he loves to show his strength i could give testimony after testimony of the time when the spirit moved in and through me in ways that was so beyond anything that i should ever ever be privileged to have experienced and it wasn't because I felt spiritually strong. It was because I felt spiritually weak. And a lot of times, when, when when you're feeling the weakness and you feel inadequate, and you don't feel like you're you're ready to really engage at this level of intensity, of of the kingdoms in in conflict, the clash of of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. But we just humble ourselves, and we say, if you want it use me go right ahead oh my stars does he ever take us up on that one yes in ways that just cause us to be astounded I can't believe that he flowed through me (laughs) I remember times when I'd be going to the youth when I was doing a little youth pastoring and and uh, it would be time and I just felt like I was not prepared I wasn't ready for adolescence I wasn't in that mindset and, uh, you know, and all the shenanigans that were going on right before uh, the, the youth group began. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just comes. And he takes all the disjointedness, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically, and he brings alignment, and he flows. Ah. That's how the Spirit changes the world. And when he does, he intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I love that. He just does it so wonderfully. We don't even know what's going on. That's why <laughs> if, if you ever get, well, let's not put it that way. Let's put it a different way. Ask the Lord to show you what's going on in heaven. And as you're you're spending intentional time in prayer, just say, Lord, would you take me up to the throne room? Okay, beam me up, Scotty. Lord, would you take me up to the throne room and let me see what's going on. Let me see and let me hear what Jesus is praying for me and what the Holy Spirit is praying for me. Because the picture that we get of the two is that Jesus he makes intercession for us and the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. The scriptures are very clear about that. And as we see the, the Son and the Spirit standing before the Father and they're praying for us, wouldn't you like to know what they're saying? How are they praying for you? How are they praying for you this morning? What is, it is the cry before the Father? They know exactly where we are. They know exactly what we need, and they live to make intercession for us. I don't know about you, but that that gets my juices going. One, because I realize that intercession is not just a passive thing. Intercession is not like when we say, Oh, I'm not feeling too good. Oh, well, I'll pray for you. Which means soon as you walk away I'll forget what you said a lot of times when we say we will pray for one another we don't pray for one another we have a happy thought for them and and move on and it's like no the Holy Spirit and Jesus are living before the Father's throne making intercession for us and their intercession has powerful results It has incredible, incredible uh, significance in how we live. And so we want to enter into the fullness of everything that they're praying for us. The thing about our free will, the one thing that it seems like God is really intent because he created us in his image and he has absolute freedom and he's given us free will he's given us freedom and we choose and a lot of times our choices will then limit and restrict our freedom based on what those choices are but as as that happens he still never violates our freedom I was reading something in CS Lewis this week And he was talking about the the kind of man who is so evil, and all he cares about is himself, that he does all his business transactions so he can take advantage and exploit every transaction he can for his good. Stills, lies, manipulates, intimidates, cheats, and gains and accumulates all this wealth and all this success. And then he even goes a step beyond that. And the honor among thieves, he even violates that. And so all his accomplices are betrayed by him until he alone is the one sitting with all the riches. A lot of times when we picture someone like that, we think, well, eventually they're going to come to their senses, there's going to be remorse, they're going to have sorrow for the way that they've treated others. and No, there is an evil that men can cooperate with that their conscience is so calloused that they don't even care about anything or anyone. Mm. They actually think that they've got one over us fools, us human beings and even over God, which they think God is foolish. Lewis writes, what should be our response to that? He says, Christian charity, we should pray for their conversion, for their repentance. We should do everything that we can to sacrifice that they might come into. But he says, if they have chosen not to, if they have hardened and they've chosen not to, then what what should be done for them? The argument goes on to say, well, if God is good, he should, he should just wipe the slate clean. He should forgive them. He should give them a fresh start. He should give them new. He should take away all the stuff. Da, 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 da. To which C.S. Lewis says, he already has at Calvary. But the key thing that that has just really gripped my heart was that it has to be an act of their free will to surrender and to submit to repent and to turn from where they've been. And when 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 I got the revelation of that, sometimes we've been walking with the Lord, you know, and and we're trying to submit and and it, you know it's, it's, it's the most difficult thing that we're wrestling with is. Do I use sugar or Splenda? Oh, Lord, give me grace so that I can choose Splenda so I don't get that nasty sugar in me. Right? There's my sugar lady. But by that I'm saying we we have such trivial stuff and we don't realize that there are some that are still struggling with, with the major stuff. Do I surrender my life and will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? it's the craziest thing. We're invited to surrender all to the one who, as we surrender all, he increases our freedom. What? I thought when I surrendered that now I'm going to be a slave to the one that I surrender to. And even though there is a sense in which that may have some truth to it, when we surrender to him, we find that he releases a grace right back to us that empowers us to even surrender more and to follow and to exercise our free will in more and more redemptive ways. Yeah. The vision with which the Holy Spirit sees the world is a vision in which he sees life. He wants life on planet Earth. Secondly, partner with the Holy Spirit in the world. God says that we're his workmanship. Yeah, in Ephesians 2.10, he says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Look to your neighbor and just say, wow. Wow. You're looking at the, you're looking at the craftsmanship of Almighty God. Almighty God. And they have they have in and of themselves the ability to do such incredible, wonderful stuff or to waste their life and allow evil to destroy. It's like, oh. Every time you see a human being, you see someone who has infinite worth, value, and significance. And as they surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you see that manifested in the earth. But if they reject and say no, you see one that is incapable, or one that is capable of doing great harm. We are his workmanship, and so we're called to partner with him. And this a lot of times when I hear this verse it, 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 for those that are kind of in a performance mentality in their relationship with God it's like I got to do good works 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 these are good works that he's preordained for you these are not busy assignments to make you feel like you're a little bit ahead of the class these are our holy incredible good works that your unique personality your unique history even even the wounds even the poor choices that we made they all come into play in a very unique way that in this moment in time and space god can use you like he can use no other and he has something that you are called to do Hmm. so what do we do we're unique we're called the poem of God the poema of God we're his handiwork he's put us together he's put us together with aesthetic beauty Hmm. so what are we going to do one we need to learn to hear the Spirit we really need to learn how to hear the Spirit and to continue to increase in being able to hear his voice more clearly and to see what the Father's doing we need three to discern the Holy Spirit's mission in the earth <laughs> you know the church has been busy you, you look through church history and you see all the things that the church has been busy doing I mean, the whole, the whole setup of hospitals came out of the church. <clears throat> you look at all the different things, the education. You, you look at the early church and, and all the different things that the church has gotten busy with. But we've also seen the church get busy with just being busy. And there's a, there's a real sense that we need to plug in to what it is that we're called to do. How are we supposed to get into the mission that God has for us and for our geographic locale. How do we do that? Mm. Well, we gotta learn to trust God. I always smile when I see believers at so many different levels and we can trust God with this and we can trust God with this, but we're not so sure about the other and there seems like in all of our lives there's there's a place that we can go where it's easy to trust God with that and it's easy to trust God with that but when it comes to this it's a little more difficult to trust and it's like you know our intimate relationship with the Lord should be something that should be developing and growing and we should be maturing in and our trust factor should be growing as well if we're still having trouble trusting God with the things that we had trouble trusting God a year ago with, five years ago, 10 years ago, we need to really take a look at that and invite the Holy Spirit to give us a, a, a grace so that we can learn how to, proce- to, to mature, how to proceed so that we can trust God with that issue in that area of our life. I know as as we think of evangelism, and you can't think of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do on planet Earth without thinking about evangelism, but a lot of times how we think about evangelism and how it's categorized in our heart, the enemy does great, great work to make sure that that is the least attractive, the least pleasant thing that we could do in the kingdom of God. He tries to make it look like evangelism is trying to force somebody to love Jesus. To take your Bible, smack them upside the head until they get it inside them and believe that Jesus loved them and died for their sins and that by faith in him, they can have eternal life. Evangelism is whenever we're sharing good news. You're evangelizing when you talk to someone and you say, isn't it a beautiful day? And as you you get beyond you'll find that as you stretch out in faith and begin to engage people that there's going to be more things that the Lord's going to give to you Uh, I I love the story Chuck shared with me Uh, Chuck Kennedy he was he was in the Speedway where he gets his 20 ounce tumbler of coffee on a regular basis and as he was in there he was he was in a hurry and there was a bunch of Mexicans, and he could tell that the, the lawn equipment vehicles out there belonged to them, and that they, they probably were, were doing lawn care as a business. And he just said, hey, does anybody, would anybody like have prayer before you, a prayer for safety on your job as you go out to work today? And they all gathered and said yes. They're in the Speedway gas station. And he said, and in the Hispanic culture, you just don't pray. You have to hold hands. So they all got together, held hands, and they had prayer for safety. And Chuck prayed for them that they would be safe in the day's labor. I don't know about you, but I'm just saying, you know, there is some risk there. You've got to take a little bit of risk. But folks, this is really low-level risk. This is real low... I mean, what, what can they say? No, we don't want prayer. Okay. Drink your coffee, bless them, and go have a good day. Don't take rejection personally. You don't know what's going on, but take the opportunity. When, you, when we begin to trust God in, in the daily stuff, we start to find that he, he, he opens opportunities all the time. But one thing is we got to trust him and where we trust him today, let's believe that tomorrow he's going to give us a greater faith, a greater ability to trust him for more. If we would do this as the body of Christ, as individual believers and just continue to develop in faith step by step, we'd be moving mountains by Christmas. Anybody want to move mountains by Christmas? Let's, let's, let's see some mountains move by Christmas. Let's begin to just take a little faith, a little step. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Keep cultivating an ability to hear the Spirit of the Lord. One of the best ways to do that, if you've got your electronic device, get it out and, and start taking notes and waiting intentionally and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Give me a heads up on on who I may encounter today, and I'll I'll receive a pre-word before I get there, and then when I'm there, I'll know that this is the time to release it. Okay? Sound fine? Okay? That's good. And I, I find that he honors that and, and we do that and all of a sudden it's amazing how that word may replay over and over and over and over again because what what the Lord's saying to one, he's probably wanting to say to several. And when we hear what he's wanting to say and we see the divine moment in our connection because we're trusting with him and we step out and we speak it and we see the fruit of it, then we have more confidence to take the next step Hmm. don't despise the day of small beginnings which is called baby steps right now I can see Bill Murray and What about Bob? And we're taking baby steps. And it's like, man, if we, if we can get an understanding that God doesn't need us to do the grandiose, he needs us to take the baby step of faith. And when we take the baby step to the elevator and we get to the baby step to the door and we get the baby step there, and we will find that we're able to speak because he's the one that gives us what is needed in that hour. When you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. The key is, is getting us to jump in the water. If you jump in the water, the Holy Spirit will equip you in the moment. (laughs) That's why I think the, the little exercise that I'm saying, do a little journaling, get a little time alone see what the Lord says and then you can find out where you need to jump in the water because you'll see somebody needs exactly what you have to say but as we continue to develop pretty soon we'll just get to the place where we'll jump in the deep end because we've learned to trust him and we know that he will give us what we need in the moment that we need it have you ever noticed that a lot of times Often we, we go about and we forget to pray for grace, for power, to love and to share. And we go through the whole day. And we get to the end of the day and we didn't have one encounter Have you ever had a day where you've gone through the whole day and the Lord didn't use you in any way to significantly speak or act or minister to another person? Oh, I've had too many of those. Too many of those. Are just. One of the things is if you don't need it, you don't get it. As we engage... Anticipate the fullness of God's presence to give you whatever you need in that moment. I know you've just been hoping I'd bring in a golf illustration. I could see that. If I'm not going to the golf course, my clubs oftentimes are in the garage. But I've discovered that if I put my golf clubs in the trunk of my car, there may be some surprise opportunities with which to use them. I want to encourage you to keep your golf clubs with you at all times. For for me, the golf clubs is one of the ways the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he likened it to all the different clubs that were in my golf bag. And there's certain clubs that I can hit, and they're easy. And there's other clubs that are very difficult. They take practice and skill, like the dreaded three iron. You know, it's like, oh, my stars. If, if I hit a good three iron, you know that the anointing of the Holy Ghost was on me. You know, it's, it's one of those kind of things. But the more you practice with the clubs, the more, the more you're able to use them effectively. And there are certain things, there's certain clubs that God's given you automatically in your bag, that you are just a natural with. It's it's easy, and you make great contact every time. But He's wanting us to learn how to use all the clubs in our golf bag. I've been kind of frustrated with with golfers who uh only need three clubs in their bag because that's all the that's all they play. They've never taken the time to learn how to hit the other clubs. And I thought if God has given us officially 14 clubs that we can have in our bag, I've been carrying 15 this summer, so I'm disqualified from all my scores. but you're you're allowed 14. It's like, okay, let's learn how to use all the gifts that he's given to us. The ones that, we're, that come easy, but let's learn how to hit the ones that are a little more difficult. Okay, let's land this plane. Hmm. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself, He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Hearing, seeing, being connected, intimately know the Lord is the whole foundation for kingdom activity on planet Earth. For the Holy Spirit to change the world, we have, through the Holy Spirit, that intimate connection with God the Father's Son and himself. And as that takes place, we start to see and we start to hear. I want to encourage you, it, it, does anybody see into the spirit realm real easily? I mean, it's just, it's just easy, peasy for you. You can tell me how many angels are in this room right now. Anybody know how many? Anybody see an angel? these are things that we need to just continue to open our heart our spirit, our mind and give Holy Spirit permission to introduce to us ways of seeing things that we've never seen before. Ways ways of hearing things that we haven't heard before. To learn how he speaks and how he moves and how he wants us to partner with him. Okay? Now don't Get discouraged if you don't see angels. I haven't seen angels. I've been aware that they were present, though. I've been aware. And I thought, oh, Holy Spirit, could I see? I'd love to see what's going on in the room right now. But I I haven't done that yet. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. Because I'd like to know these incredible beings, celestial beings, before we get to heaven. I'd like to to see and talk to them get to to know don't worry I'm not falling into angel worship I I, I think as evangelicals we have swung so far uh, afraid about angel worship you know because of an admonition in the scripture that we don't even realize that they're present but they are okay Jesus help us I hope you catch what my heart's trying to communicate today. I hope you haven't been offended by any illustration. Forgive me all you non-golf people. But, uh, yeah. But let's just wait on the Lord. Just allow the Spirit to come. Allow him to come as if he's not here. Sometimes our language. Oh, Father, have mercy on me. Yeah. He's so good, so kind. Two things that I was really moved with is one, the opportunity for us to surrender. I don't know where we are, but I know that surrendering is is something that is almost as continuous as as the the present imperative of be filled with the Holy Spirit, which is be continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. And there is a sense of surrender. It's not just a one moment in time and space because we always have free will. But to realize, Lord, give me the ability to surrender everything that needs to be surrendered to you so that you can manifest in the earth and I can partner with you in your manifestation the way you want to. And then there's a great benediction in the scriptures. Talks about the love of God, love of the Father, the wonderful work of Jesus, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I want to leave us with, with that thought. Let's take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit into our lives in a fresh way and really plan on having fellowship with the Holy Spirit all day today and as we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit today it will whet your appetite for fellowship tomorrow but we just start in the present and so Holy Spirit we welcome you here we invite you mm all your wonderfulness to engage us, that we might fellowship with you. I pray that there would be a sense of, of being connected to you all day long, that we would hear what you're saying, we'd see what you're doing sense that the Holy Spirit's wanting to impart a, a fresh recalibration of our emotions this morning, mm-hmm. where fear and anger, anxiety has, has, has been the predominant things that rule our thoughts, worries. There's a sense that the Holy Spirit wants to just come and to, as a gentle stream, just come and float all of those things out of your emotional makeup. Because that stream is a stream of perfect love. And that always displaces fear in all its forms. I pray, Father, for those emotions that makes us feel inadequate, disqualified, not enough. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come now and that you would flush those out as well. Today, that we would be so connected with Your wonderfulness, that we would be ruined for everything, that the enemy would try to use as a counterfeit to take our affection, our devotion, and our fellowship. For this, we will we'll sing praise to You forever.